Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. It's Friday. We have spent three weeks looking at this prophecy of Isaiah that, as we've said many times over the past few days, was written 700 years before Jesus was born, yet had so much to say about him. Had a lot to say about Israel then and now and to us as well. It really has been like an onion discovering all the various rings, Colin. And we're taking these words very personally because that is what will encourage us in our personal faith. We've reached chapter 64. Yes, and this begins with a well-known scripture that people often pray. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. They don't usually worry about the second part of the verse. They just pray the first part. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. You know, this speaks of longing for God to come among his people. The reality is, of course, that he is already among us. The reality is that he lives within us by his spirit. And this was a heart cry, a prophetic heart cry, that God would come to his people. The Messiah would come. And, of course, he has come. God has rent the heavens already and come down. Now, he's come down uh, in not in the way that most Jewish people are expecting, as a, a weak baby who grows into a man who's crucified. They're thinking of him the time when he will come again, when he will rend the heavens, and he will come in majesty and in glory. And the mountains will tremble before you because he will then come in judgment. We have to realize that this second coming of Jesus is a reality. It's just in God's eyes, it's just as much a reality as the, as the first coming that has already taken place. And, um, you know, sometimes I think we can forget that. Um, we just know that Jesus will come sometime, um, but we don't necessarily live in the expectation of that being an imminent thing. Uh, on the other hand, we can be in total prophetic unreality and say, you know, the Lord's coming back today, the Lord's coming back this year, the Lord has showed me he's going to come back in five years' time, and all that kind of stuff, which is absolute rubbish, of course, because uh, it says clearly in Scripture that God will not announce his coming like that. But those who are sensitive will be able to read the signs of the times and will know when his, his second coming is imminent. And there's a lot that's got to happen uh, to fulfill Scripture before that event can happen. But God is able to speed the whole process up. And therefore, we should not be complacent and just sort of shrug our shoulders and say, well, it's not going to happen in the foreseeable future. Look at verse 5. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. Uh, another great word of promise. Um, verse 8. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. And, of course, there are the other scriptures, how God is molding us as the potter into the shape that he wants. And I, I always find that a tremendous um, comfort because, uh, you know, sometimes, well, I'm sure most people will have seen a potter at work. He, he puts the lump of clay on, on the turntable and he thumps it and bashes it, first of all. Uh, I, I think, I believe, 
that they do that to get all the air out of it. Um, they don't want any air bubbles because they make their pot. Uh, but then there's the shaping of it. And, you know, I think we all know what it is to seemingly go round and round and round in the purposes of God. And we wonder, well, what is going on here? But all the time God is shaping us and drawing up the clay and getting it into the right form. Uh, and life is like that, isn't it? Our relationship with God is like that. And we should be grateful because although, uh, you know, we have to face things sometimes that we don't really want necessarily to face, um, and, and God does things with our lives that sometimes we find stretch us and make us make life quite difficult, it's always for our benefit. It's always for our welfare. It's always so that we will become a vessel fit for use, fit for purpose. It's a very interesting picture, this, really, because it shows that we're all a work in progress, as it were. Yes, but you see, we're the work of his hands. And, and that's the thing that's great, Julia, that, that, I mean, what a privilege for the Lord God Almighty to shape your life into what he wants you to be. I mean, what does the cost matter? What... what what does it matter if we if we have to face change and repentance in our lives if we have to deny ourselves in order to fulfill the purposes of god in our lives what does that really matter because nothing could be greater than this wonderful privilege of having your life shaped by god himself i i can i can never get out of the the wonder of this revelation that God cares about me so much that he has his hand upon me. He has his hand upon my life, that he has me in his hands, in his grip, that he is shaping my life, that in his wonderful grace and mercy, he's prepared to use me even though in and of myself I feel weak and useless and helpless, yet in him I become something that is used, someone who can be used in his mighty purposes. So everything that happens to us, even adversity, God can use to shape us and mold us. He is the redeemer. That means he turns everything around. Even the situations which we find very difficult to understand or to understand why he has allowed them to happen in our lives, he can turn them around. But what we must also understand from these prophetic scriptures is that along with all the great revelations and words of promise that we've been looking at these last few weeks, there are also many warnings. Listen to this. All day long, I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations, a people who continually provoke me to my very face. Now, what follows is not very complimentary. But you see, even Christians can be like this. God can be holding his hands out to us, but we're obstinate. 
we can, instead of walking in the ways of the Lord, be walking in ways that are not good. Instead of following the way of the Spirit, we are pursuing our own imaginations. Even though God may call us to repentance, even though he may speak to us of ways in which he wants to change and transform us, we can continually provoke him to his very face. We can hear again and again what he says and still not do it. So, you know, these words that God speaks address the disobedient as well as the obedient. And it's wise, as we look at Scripture, sometimes to test ourselves against these challenging words as well as, uh, you know, taking on board the great promises. But I just want to finish this series that we've been doing on these Isaiah prophecies with some wonderful, wonderful words of promise. Uh, from chapter 65, verse 17, Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. But he who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere youth. He who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will the days of my people be. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune. But they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like an ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. Where is the house they will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. This is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 